What's up, everybody? Dreadful Talk Episode 9 coming at you, man. I'm, I'm super excited about this one. Um, it's been a minute since I've done a solo one, just time-wise. I know not episode-wise, but uh, I've done a couple beefy boys, and, and um, my last Dreadful Talk was with my good homie Rodney. So um, it's been a minute since I've done a solo one, and, you know, something that I'm really passionate about, like, at this moment and really over these past few months because of quarantine, is something that, it, it, it serves multiple roles, it like, um, but what that something is, is, like, plants and growing plants and growing my own plants, and um, it's not a topic that even, like, a year ago, like, if you would have told me that, like, oh, in a year you'll have a podcast, what do you think you'll be talking about? I would have never guessed plants. Um because up until quarantine or like coronavirus hit, I had never grown a single thing in my life. And um, that's also why I wanted to do this one talking about plants. Um, not because I'm an expert on plants or that I'm all knowing on plants. It's that I the exact opposite. I came into this knowing absolutely nothing. And in these past few months, I've, I've learned an awful lot and I've came a long way and I've grown some food that I was able to eat. And um, it just really, as it serves a lot of purposes. It's, um, I mean, obviously growing your own food in these uncertain times is important. Um, and obviously, you know, we all know that some of the food we get from the grocery store, you know, may not be supernatural or may have pesticides or this or that. Um, and then also, um, like, we all just realized how fragile this whole system is, right? Um, and during this pandemic, especially at the beginning of it, I know I did. It really kind of opened my eyes. Not that I didn't really already know that we were skating on thin ice, but um, really, you know, woke everybody up and made people realize, like, you know, these supply chains aren't invulnerable. Like, they have weaknesses in the supply chains and, you know, the workers needed and, just, I think that there's a big problem in America and probably other countries too, but I'm not going to speak on that because I'm not from there and I haven't been there. But I know here in America, we waste so much food and we're just so inefficient in how we go about growing and consuming and purchasing food. Um, and it's really sad too because, you know, it, there's so many hungry people and people without food and... Because, and it's not because there's not enough food. It's so, like, paradoxical and weird that there's so much food, more than enough food. We waste food. Everybody's fat, yet some people still starve. And it's because of the inefficiency in how we grow these our food in these commercial farms. And, you know, commercial farming has its own, you know, negative impacts on climate change and the water pollution it's pretty bad stuff and just the treatment of i mean it's bad in in case of commercial farming of animals the treatment of the animals is bad i mean obviously it's not as important with plants but with plants the commercial farming still is harmful to the environment and just creates these problematic um supply chain problems that arise in you know times of crisis and uncertainty like we face ourselves in now and so it's really just, you know, 
brought to the spotlight, you know, if you're able to provide food for you and your family, you know, independent of that supply chain and in a way that's better for the planet. I mean, to me, it seems like a no brainer. Like I'm really like I'm really the type of guy that sits and thinks of like pros and cons and, um, you know, consequences. And man, I really can't see no downsides to people growing their own food um and i'm not saying like turn your whole backyard you know till it up and and you know put on some overalls and and become farmer john no i'm just saying like everybody can just do a little something here or there a couple plants in a pot a little garden bed like not every i'm not saying everybody like quit your job and become a farmer and like or be do some hippie commune that's not what i'm saying at all um it's just unrealistic i mean wouldn't it be nice but i i always like to point out the difference of like you know ideas that work in a vacuum versus ideas that work in the real world and like you know there's certain things like like in, to make a sports analogy there's certain teams that are good on paper like their roster looks stacked but they just can't get it to mesh right and they end up not being as good as people think they're going to be shout out that Lakers team with Steve Nash and Dwight Howard and Kobe um but yeah so i mean that can happen in other aspects of life as well but yeah so like i i'll get into more of that other stuff um eventually but yeah i'm going to be just talking about plants and like how to grow your own food and how to grow your own cannabis and just some of the kind of stigmas and dumb things that society has done with that and how we kind of view it certain ways, maybe based on those stigmas or just things that we all kind of just innately learned growing up in just this Western American society that does have its flaws. Um, but yeah, so like growing plants is for everyone, like everyone. I mean, male, female, young, old, left wing, right wing. This is something that's beneficial to everybody. If you're a person that's super empathetic and cares about the world, it's good for that person. If you're a super selfish asshole, kind of like myself, it's good for that reason too, because you know, you save a few bucks, you get some peace of mind. You know, it's um, you it's rewarding, almost like building something in a way, um, harvesting, eating something that you grow in yourself. Um, so so no matter who you are, no matter what you're into, whether you live in the country or you live in a big city or an apartment or a house, you can grow stuff. Um, and I'm essentially proof of that. Um, it doesn't take a lot of knowledge or a lot of experience. I mean, like everything, nobody's going to be perfect on their first try. There's going to be some trial and error. There's going to be some things that don't work. But, I mean, you know, you can't go in there expecting to bat a thousand, you know. Um, that's the way I look at it. So, you know, I was kind of built in an expectation of some failure because it was my first time. It's like nobody steps on a skateboard the first time ever and just starts shredding and doing tricks or picks up a guitar and can just shred. And so... It's the same way with gardening um, and and or farming or whatever term you want to put on it. I'll kind of get into that too. But yeah, growing food and growing plants, even non-food producing plants, is really great for everybody, regardless of who you are. Um, so, 
A big obstacle a lot of people think they face, you know, is that like, oh, well, I don't have land or I don't have a big backyard. Maybe you live in an apartment. Maybe you live in a big city. I mean, I'm currently living in San Jose, California, and I'm in a city of over a million people. And I mean, I'm finding a way to do it here. Granted, I am in a house with a backyard, but um, I'm surrounded by apartments and I have some um neighbors and apartments that have really cool um, balcony gardens and things like that. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, I mean, there's probably some outlier out there, but I mean, for 98% of us, you know, we can find a way to grow some plants. And I, and I really think it would be better for us as individuals and society as a whole and a planet as a whole um, in our body, our health, everything if if more people did, and like I said, I had no experience doing this, um, wasn't passionate about it, didn't really give two shits about it, to be honest. I mean, I thought it was like something grandmas did to, you know, quit smelling their husband's farts on Sundays while he's watching football and drinking beer and scratching his nuts. So, I mean, I'll be real, I was one of those people, I kind of had that old school kind of, that's something old ladies do kind of mentality. I'll be real, I'm not ashamed of that, but, you know pandemic put things in perspective you know i gave it a shot and i have learned a lot real fast like um and that's just what i want to share with y'all so yeah so like i said there's like always been this stigma or i I mean for a long time there's been this stigma that you know like i said farming or gardening is something that women do old ladies aunts moms you know, grandmas, um, you know, out there digging in the rose bed or what that traditional kind of stereotype. And then, you know, farming was things only like white dudes in Iowa did and then big cornfields with tractors and wheat and all that. And there's it's a, like almost everything in life as we're learning. There's, it's a big spectrum. It's everything in between. Like, yeah, those things exist. And, you know, maybe there were roots for those stereotypes. But essentially, like most other stereotypes in 2020, there's just no place for them. And they're not founded in logic or in a good place. You know, um, th- that stereotype, like most other stereotypes, is founded in whether it be naivete or ignorance or, I guess, in some lesser degrees, hate. Like, um, you know, but they're harmful and they're archaic and we can move forward from that. Even, like I said, I used to kind of hold some of those beliefs myself. And then you just realize how silly and just unnecessary and, you know, doesn't gain anybody anything. You know, it's just it's just real ridiculous because, I mean... So what's the difference? A small patch of land growing food is a garden and that's girly. But if you have a big field, that's farming and that's manly and you're swinging a big one. Like, I don't know. That seems like a really stupid distinction. And I'm sure, and I mean, there's a lot of badass women farmers and a lot of badass dude gardeners. So like I said, those things are silly. Like I said, I, I grew up thinking that stuff and learning that stuff as well. But it's really just does nothing but harm and doesn't do anybody any good. Um, So, yeah, you know, if you're a female that wants to farm or if you're a man that wants to garden or if you're a rational person that sees those things as pretty much the same thing, then, you know, it's it's you really see it for what it is. But um, 
But yeah, so, and that's another thing I've realized too. It's like, you know, a lot of like right-wing people are farmers and they'll use the word agriculture and like that's all tough and, and, and American. And then, you know, a lot of left-wingers will be like gardening and flowers and cannabis and things like that. And then, like I said, man, I think there's two wings on the same bird because they're both, you know, kind of being ignorant in, in, in their own regards. Um, and I, I'm for all that. I think people should grow their own food, grow their own cannabis, grow something pretty to look at. Shit, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with growing growing some flowers? But, uh, but yeah, thanks for everybody for the support. Thanks for everybody viewing live right now. Um, but yeah, so I said before this pandemic, before, so I officially went home from work on March 18th. Seems like 20 years ago. Um, and it was only a few months ago. I guess we're about to start August. So that's like four months, I guess. And I'll be real, y'all. So like, I'm, I'm somewhat of like a, like a paranoid. Like I believe in a little bit of conspiracies, like not full blown, but you know, I kind of was waiting for some shit to hit the fan in one regards of another when it comes to just like societal breakdown. But, uh, that, so like whenever this coronavirus first hit, like, I'm not going to say that like, I'm like a prepper. If I was a prepper, I'd be the shittiest prepper of all time, but I, I take certain precautions and believe certain things. But, uh, so like when this when this virus hit, I was like, oh shit, this is the one. Like, this is it's the end of the world as we know it. And we got we got close to that because I thought I was like, oh shit, like people are gonna be, you know, what happens when the grocery stores run out, you know, or people are gonna be like, like I don't know. I was expecting like post-apocalyptic, like Walking Dead, like people. Not zombies, but just, like, competing for resources. Like, that's what happens in any place. Like, we all think we're super civilized until those resources, abundance, dry up. And we become, you know, we become animals competing for resources. Like, um, like hyenas, you know, competing for a carcass. I mean, it, it doesn't take super a whole lot to happen for it, for us to, to, you know, devolve into that. I mean, it's happened at certain points. I mean, in the Civil War, World War One other places in other countries like there's places where it gets real bleak and you know humanity and civilization goes to the wayside pretty goddamn quick quicker than any of us feel comfortable admitting and so i say that's all it sounds like oh shit you know corona it's really hitting the fan like i was trying to stock up on ammo me and we we yeah, we we were an asshole we stocked up on toilet paper shit we had to get it how we lived um we, you know, we I stocked up on non-perishable food. I mean, and that's before any any stimulus, anything like that was just money out of my pocket. I, I dropped hundreds of dollars just um, essentially last minute prepping for what I thought was like the shit hitting the fan. But um, and it was so while I was out buying all these you know canned foods and and dry goods and um, th beef jerky and jugs of water and things of that nature, um, I. I, I want to say I was, I was at like grocery outlet first and they had some seeds just there. I think it was like four for a dollar or something like they had like carrots, squash, kale, just shit like that. And I was thinking like on some paranoid long-term apocalyptic shit, apocalyptic shit, like damn, well like 
am I going to have to like grow my own food, learn how to grow my own food? Like this might come in handy. I was like four for a dollar. Why the fuck not? And then, um, and then we went to, you know, we, we stopped off at Dollar Tree after that to pick up a few more things for the low, low, you know, and, um, and they had some more seeds there for even cheaper, you know, is is Dollar Tree, fucking course. These seeds are probably fucking half stupid or something. I don't know if you can have a discount broken off brand seeds, but I'm sure they were. But anyway, uh, I bought a few more just like as part of my like. We were literally just grabbing what was left, and so was everybody else. Like I don't know where it was, where y'all were at, but everybody in San Jose was doing the exact same thing we were doing. Just buying up, grabbing what you can get, and just hoping for the best. Um, you know, nobody knew how bad this shit was gonna get back then, and in, in, you know, mid March. And then, um, so I bought these seeds, and then you know, quarantine kicks in, boredom kicks in, and I'm like, well, you know, stuff does take a while to grow, so it's like if I wait till I need it. I won't have it. Like, I might as well try to, like, grow some stuff, like, you know, now. And uh, that's exactly what I did. I had, like, some just shitty little pots that I had also gotten at Dollar Tree. And um, I... I bought just, like, some shitty topsoil... And I I had no idea what I was doing at all. I didn't even know to take the little bottom things off of the pots I bought so that they would, like, drain properly. I didn't know any of that. Like, I didn't know what plants to plant in the ground and what plants to plant in pots and any of that. Like, I was just fully winging it. But but it's cool because, like I said, even fully winging it, I still did, like, pretty good. Like, a lot of my plants, you know... A lot of my plants still, you know, yielded food and grew and took root and um, sprouted. So, like, that just goes to show, like, you know, plant snobs try to act like there's some science or you got to have this gear or you got to, you know, your grandpa's grandpa had to be a farmer. Like, no, nah, like, seriously, I literally bought some seeds from Dollar Tree, threw them in some dirt and see what happened. And it worked. So, anybody is, like I said, I mean... It's like early, early humans were able to pull this off before we knew what math was, before we knew, you know, anything scientific. We just, we knew that if you put some seeds in some dirt, something will grow from it and then you can eat it. And so it's really like quite literally so easy a caveman could do it because that's how I was able to pull it off. I didn't know shit about growing any type of food. I never grew food. I never grew cannabis. I never grown like literally nothing. In my whole life and before before quarantine. And so what I've grown so far, and I'll kind of, like I said, far from an expert, but if I could pass on some knowledge, what I've learned so far to y'all, I gladly will, you know. Um, I've grown squash. And what I've learned, and I don't know, maybe it's just my, my climate here in the Bay Area, you know, in the, you know, Bay Area was farming land before the tech boom, and back in the day, it was all fertile, fertile land, so I, I, I'm lucky to be where I'm at, 
you know, different foods and different plants grow better in different climates and different techniques at different times of the year. So, you know, you know, you're probably better off doing a little research. Unlike me, I was just, you know, throwing shit against the wall and see if it sticks. But um, I've grown squash both in a pot and in the ground. And a lot of people, you know, said not to do it in a pot. That squash doesn't do good in pots, but I did both. And I and so it was like an experiment. Like I just kind of went out and had you know both literally growing side by side, some in a pot, some in the ground. And people, I guess we were both kind of right because the ones in the pot grew just fine and yielded food, um, but the ones in the ground grew way bigger and yielded more food. So if you're trying to you know really you know squeeze it for all it's worth, you know in the ground is, you know, probably doable, but the reason why is, or is probably the better method, not doable, but the pot, it works in a pot. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. I've done it. I've done it a few different times. You can grow squash in a pot. You got to get you a pretty deep pot eventually after it grows taller, um, but it works. And so make sure the pot has good drainage and you'll get, you'll get squash. And it's cool too, because squash is a food that'll kind of fill you up a little bit compared to some other vegetables, you know, compared to kale. Like, I don't know, squash kind of sticks to your ribs a little bit more. So like, as far as a food growing crop that can be grown, it, regardless if you live in an apartment, if you live in the city, like I said, it does work in pots and it will yield you food. And then, I mean, if you're in, if you're anywhere with a yard or in the country, I mean, it's real easy. I do recommend doing it in the ground and they'll get big and, and yield a lot of squash. Um, also, pick your squashes before they get too big. Everybody thinks it's super cool to grow like watermelon-sized squashes because it looks cool, but they're going to taste and cook and everything better if you cook them about like six to eight inches. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want you don't want them to get too big. They'll get tough and just, I don't know. It's better just to, you better get more small ones and wait until they get too big. But, yeah, I've done squash in the ground and... Um, and in a pot, I'll say if you do them in the ground, like space them out, probably like a good yard apart because they get pretty damn big. Um, so make sure that they're not like, I, I, I'll be real, it's because I didn't know what I was doing. I planted them too close together. I mean, they still grew just fine. It wasn't, it wasn't the end of the world, but, um, you know, you I, learning from my mistakes, you better off doing them probably about a yard apart. Um, and... And then, or you can do do one per pot though. Don't try to grow like multiple in a pot or in like one of those pots with rows. Do it kind of like a like a weed plant, like a, you know, just one one squash per per pot, and it'll work for those that live in big cities. Like I said, and that's a food that'll fill you up, and it keeps reproducing, it keeps growing. Um, so I mean, I, I squash is super beginner, like it grows super easy, not really complex. So I recommend that one for first timers. Um, we also bought some garden beans, not knowing anything about them once again. And so that's kind of like, they grow tall, like a vine kind of. So you need to get, you're gonna go like garden beans, green beans, snap peas, those type of plants. You gotta put like a stick next to it once it starts to grow, like a three foot tall stick or maybe even taller, like next to it. And, and from what I've learned, those don't do as good in pots. So if you're going to do that type of plant, you're probably better doing it in the in the ground. 
um, on those ones. Take it from me. But yeah, you put a big stick by it, like a skinny stick, but a tall stick. They sell them. It's exactly for plants. Um, all right, then this next one's funny. So we, uh, so my girlfriend Nina, she's like a children's entertainer where she dresses up like a fairy and like she does like magic shows and balloon animals and face paints and all that. Um, obviously, you know, before the pandemic, now they're doing like Zoom parties and shit. These poor damn kids. I there's no way in hell I would have sat still for a Zoom party whenever I was a little kid. But I, that didn't exist when I was a little kid because I'm getting old. So, cheers to us '90s babies getting old. But anyway, these kids they do it and anyway. So she she's a fairy for these children's parties, and her fairy name is Morning Glory. And so yeah, whenever we were like buying these little bullshit Dollar Tree seeds, there was Morning Glory seeds. We had no idea what a morning glory even looked like was. We're just like, oh, it's your name. <laughs> Let's get it. That'll be cool. And we, so we got it. We didn't know. And, and so for those that don't know, okay, like we didn't, morning glories are a vine plant that will grow long and like take over walls, take over fences. It can actually get like problematic. Like my neighbors have a tree that's at least 100 feet tall. And it's covered, like, covered in morning glories. Like, it's actually kind of sad. It's probably killing the tree. So you got to be careful with them. We didn't know it. So they grow super tall. And, like, I mean, I don't really know. Like, if you're trying to cover a fence or a side of a house or some lattice or something like that, it's a good plant for, like, a vine plant. But our dumbass is put it in a pot with, like, not knowing anything. And I mean, now it's it, it, like we put a big stick in it so it has something to kind of wrap around. And it does have flowers on it now, but it is probably the most pointless out of all the plants. And we definitely didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. So maybe a little research or you can wing it. It was fun. It was fun. If you're one of those people that likes a surprise, you know, don't don't research it because that's what I did. But uh, one second, everybody. We got to get right. Just picked up this new bubbler. Got some lovely Hawaiian punch in it. Oh, man. And we're going to get to that. Best believe. Best believe. We're going to get to a section on how to, you know, grow cannabis without breaking the bank. And that, that's what I know a lot of people are interested in as well. Um, so I've, all, I've tried growing spinach like two different times. And it's the only plant that's kicking my ass. Like, I don't know if it's the climate I'm in or the wrong time of year. I should probably look into that. But I've tried growing spinach twice and I can't get it to grow. Like, it'll sprout, grow like an inch, and then just shrivel up. Uh, anybody got any tips on growing spinach? Holla at your boy because I'm struggling with the spinach. Um, so, yeah, don't, don't listen to my ass on no spinach. But I tried it. I tried it in a pot. That's probably what's wrong. Maybe that's a better in-ground plant, but I can't get that shit to grow for the life of me. Um, man, if you want something that'll withstand some sun, like a gangster plant that's hard to kill, like if you're a plant person that kills plants or maybe you'll forget to water them here and there, fucking grow you some kale. Um, kale is so tough. It's like, I mean, if you've ever eaten kale, you know what I'm talking about. It's like real tough dense like um like it almost feels like fucking like leather like yeah i feel like you can make a make a jacket you could you could ride a harley with a jacket made out of kale or something but uh it 
it's real tough. It's a gangster. It's sturdy. Um, it's it's hard to kill. Um, so and and I grew mine in a pot. So th that's another one for those those that like live in apartments or in big cities. Kale and squash will both yield nutrient rich food, and um, and they both grow in pots real well in cities, um, especially out here in California. Um, so that, that's a good one for people. You know, you can make your own salads. You know, add, it's good to add it into a salad. You know, um, kind of cut it. You know, it's probably too tough, or at least for me, I don't want to eat a whole kale salad. But I'll I'll chop it small, and then um, put it, mix it in with a salad. And then also her shout out Lauren Kennedy, the home girl. She's a plant wizard. Um, I'm planning on having her on the podcast one of these days to actually have a real expert and not just my caveman ass telling you what shit stuck when I threw it against the wall. But uh, she told me that it's real good to put the kale in the oven and make like kale chips out of it. I'm kind of skeptical. I'm a fat boy. I'm a beefy boy. I like I like them real lays, them, them barbecue, barbecue ridges. You know what I'm saying? Them sour creams. I don't know. I don't know if kale's gonna scratch that itch, but I might have to try it one of these days. Um, but it's real durable. That's the thing about kale. It's it's tough. Um, it's a, it's a survivor. Um, and and so when you when when you harvest your kale, if you only cut the outside leaves, if you leave the innermost two leaves, it'll keep like replenishing. It'll just keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back, and fast too. Fast too. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool how that works. So like, yeah, when you harvest your kale, don't cut the most inner leaves. Let the and then if you let them, um, if you eat the outer leaves, that it'll re the cycle will start over again. It's dope. I, I'm on my second cycle right now. It's working. Um. So I've also I've I've grown a bunch of peppers, but there's a, here's a caveat on the peppers. I cheated. Everything else I grew from seed. Seed and dirt and water. That's it. No cheating. But my peppers, I cheated. I went to Lowe's, not Home Depot. I ain't fucking with Home Depot right now. If you know, you know. You know, if you're a real one. Uh, so I drive. I literally, there's a Home Depot like a mile from my house. And I drive like five miles, take like three different highways just to go to Lowe's. That's how much I'm not fucking with Home Depot right now. But anyway, I got my pepper plants from Lowe's and they were already started. So I don't know. That's easy. Like if you fuck that up, like those people that fuck those plants that's already halfway grown up, I don't know what to tell you. Like them plants is already halfway there. You just gotta carry it across the finish line and take the take the credit. Tell all your friends that like, hey, eat these peppers that I've grown. Like, I don't know. I literally just I moved them. Obviously, you buy I bought them, put them in a bigger pot and watered them. But yeah, if you fuck that up, I don't know what to tell you. But uh, it's it's cool that um, I, I, all my all my peppers are in pots too. I've I've also kind of I know a lot of people don't necessarily do that, or they'll do it in like a garden bed or like a raised bed. But I, I've been doing all my peppers just in pots. Or I have one that's like a big barrel pot that I put like three of them in, so that's kind of a little different. But my ones that I put in normal pots are kicking ass. So. You can grow peppers in the city easily. And I mean, I don't got to tell you what peppers is good for. That's all it is. That's them, them fajitas, baby. That's them. That's that salsa. That chips and salsa. You know, you might trick yourself to thinking, you know, you're at a Mexican restaurant. You know what I mean? You might forget that you've been in the house. I don't even know. I know a lot of y'all motherfuckers ain't been in the house. So, 
Oh man, shout out, shout out to our lovely country and how we're dealing this virus, dealing with the virus. Um, so yeah, I've grown. I got right now. I got uh, jalapenos. I got poblanos. I got hot banana peppers, chili de arbo, and lunchbox red. Um, the only one big enough to eat right now is the hot banana peppers. And man, that ain't them motherfuckers is not like the banana peppers you get at Subway. Them is some real. Some real flamers, man. That shit'll that shit'll make you need some ice cream, you know. Um that shit was yeah, we ate some the other day and we were so shocked at how hot it was. So hot banana peppers, don't be expecting them pepperoncinis, man. These motherfuckers are some real deals. Um my my jalapenos are next. They're close. They're not ready yet. They're not ready yet. But who hasn't had jalapeno? Actually a lot of motherfuckers think a lot of people probably have to have fresh jalapenos. If you think jalapenos taste like those fucking pickles that you get, you know, at the baseball stadium, then, then you need to try some fresh chopped jalapenos. It tastes totally different. Um, but, but yeah, those, it, don't be expecting, you know what I'm saying, the, the motherfucking jalapenos you get on your 7-Eleven nachos. Uh, you know, it's a different, a different kind of flavor than that. Um, let me see. The poblanos are taking a long time. They're kind of worrying me. If any, if any of them ain't doing so hard, it's the poblanos. But I mean, I guess they're doing fine. I guess they take a little longer. They're like a bigger pepper. But yeah, they're not. They're not just taking off by any means. Um, my chili de arbos are so skinny. It's funny. They're they're kind of like a skinny little kind of look like a Thai chili. But yeah, so peppers, man, you can get them and grow them just in pots. You know. Um, Save a little money at the grocery store and make your shitty ass cooking taste a little better, you know what I mean? And 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 just do the planet some good as well while you're at it. If you're watching, go ahead and do it. You know, if you like to enjoy some cannabis, take a rip as well. Match my hit. Uh, some tasty Hawaiian punch. It's a, it's a sativa, which is weird. Punch, you might think purple punch, indica, but I don't know. It's a sativa Hawaiian punch. It's tasty. Um, so now we're going to get to the theme of what I was just talking about, is, is growing cannabis. Now, I'm not a master grower. I'm essentially in my first cycle now, but I have a unnamed source close to me that is a master grower. Well, since he's been growing for years and knows all the old school tricks and, you know, he's, he's passing that wisdom, that knowledge along and I'm trying to soak it up um, because I know I see a bunch of people, you know, trying all these elaborate setups, you know, spending a lot of money, you know. And, and, you know, more power to you, you know, I, I know some people that have grown good bud doing that, um, but I see some people, they have these expensive setups and they plant still weak, still small, um, just not, and I'm, it's because they're not getting the nutrients they need. And there's some really simple, organic, relatively cheap, old school, essentially hippie methods that work great and you can grow super big, healthy cannabis plants with um, this old school recipe 
that you know is like an old school hippie recipe from from back in the day that I've been lucky enough to get passed down to me and I'm I'm still I'm still so like I know the knowledge I'm still working it out in practice you know what I mean but I've seen plants grown using this method and they are impressive let me tell you um so first things first um first things first I highly, highly, highly recommend just buying some feminized seeds, some some seeds that are essentially guaranteed to be females. Um, now, this was my first year doing it, and I really kind of wasn't taking it seriously. I threw these seeds in the dirt just like I threw those squash seeds and everything else in the dirt. Like, I was literally just throwing shit against the wall and seeing if it sticks. Um, but now, knowing what I've known... And feeling the knowing the anticlimactic letdown of your biggest healthiest plant turning out to be a male, or a plant you know being four five feet tall, absolutely gorgeous, and then turning out to be a hermaphrodite, which not a PC term to use on people. I think it's still a PC term to use on plants. I'm pretty sure these plants are not transgender; they are actually hermaphrodites. <laughs> but um, so don't don't kill me woke Twitter, but uh, but yeah. So so I've I've known that disappointment. I actually just found that out today. I had this gorgeous, gorgeous big like five foot tall sativa plant that just now started showing seed pods turned out to be a hermaphrodite. Um, so it's really disappointing. So if you if you live in a state where you have access to like legal feminized seeds, you can order them online. I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. We all have that bag of seeds that look nice and have stripes and we're like, "Oh, I'm going to grow that into some fire one day." And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But you have a big, big healthy plant that you've spent weeks, maybe even months putting time into and it turns out not to be a female you'll wish you just spent like the 20 30 40 bucks however much it is on some some legit feminized seeds that's what i'm gonna do next year so i'm not i'm gonna put my money where my mouth is i'm gonna do it too because they'll grow they'll sprout but a lot of times them seeds you find in your bags even if it's some killer butt everybody's like oh well if you're smoking good weed there shouldn't be seeds that's not always true like there shouldn't be a lot of seeds, but every once in a while, if you have a, you find a bag of kill with some seeds in it. Um, I've even had seeds in dispensary weed. That was like some of the tastiest, prettiest, insanely good dispensary weed I've had. But there was a few seeds in the jar. Um, so, I don't know. It's fun to try. And if you really are able to, because everybody tells themselves like, oh, well, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But eventually you fall in love with these plants they become like a pet, like a, like a, like a, like a, like a pet. That's the best way I can describe it. I really kind of view my plants as a pet. All of them, not just the wheat plants, to be honest, but wheat plants, you do have like a special connection to. You're really kind of hoping and wishing and that, that they turn into something, you know, something you can be proud of, something that you can smoke on. And so I really just, I really do. If you're thinking about growing or want to grow or have like me, have that, that jar, that bag of seeds that you've been, you know, sitting on that you found in, in killer bags or whatever. I mean, feel free to try. But like I said, there's a good, about a 50-50 chance you'll be disappointed, like just keeping it real. So, And it's real easy to tell yourself you won't get attached to the plant 
but you will watch it's like it's like it's like uh fostering a dog or something you're gonna fall in love with that motherfucker at least i did uh with my dog too uh but so i know also a lot of people for years and years would always just tell me like stoner logic like oh you put the seed in a napkin for a couple days and you wet the napkin and and then it'll sprout, and then that's when you plant it. You can do that. Like, that does exist. Like, you can, but I haven't had good luck doing that. Every time I've had luck, I literally just put the seed straight into the dirt, about a half inch down, an inch down, um, just like I did with the squash, and then, like I did everything else, just put the seed in the ground, Johnny Appleseed style. Um, so you can try to do the napkin method. I, I know some people that are good at the napkin method, but I think it's really easy to forget about to water your napkin. Like, seriously, it just looks like a napkin. You have it sitting on your windowsill trying to get some sunlight. It's really hard to, like, water your napkin or remember to water your napkin, un unlike water. It, to me, it's easy to water a pot, even if there's no plant in the pot yet, because it's like looks like some shit that's supposed to be watered. But, like, a napkin is so easy to forget to water. And then, and then like, and then if you do get it to sprout using the napkin method, I know a million people that have like not made the transition to dirt, um, at once you do get to sprout. So in my opinion, it's kind of an unnecessary step and it's kind of like the more things that can go wrong will go wrong. And it's just another thing that can go wrong. And I'm sure there's some people out there that'll disagree with that and love that method and whatever, whatever works. Like I said, I'm not an expert. I'm telling you what has worked for me, what I've learned through trial and error and through passed down knowledge. That's all I have. I didn't go to school for this shit. I haven't grown for no dispensaries. This is just the sources I've, I've had. Um, but... So I just start, I like to start it in just like a little, a little pot, nothing too big, maybe something like the size of a can of paint or, or even smaller when you're very first starting it. But if you're doing it in something really small, once the plant's like four inches tall, you're going to need to transfer it. It'll get root bound really fast and you don't want to get it root bound at the early developmental stages. Um, It'll, it'll hinder the growth. And so, you you know, you want to give it plenty of room to grow. So you can start it in something real small. But the minute that, like, if you start it in one of those real small little starter little cup things or a solo cup. I know some people start them in solo cups. That's cool. You can do that. Um, a, poke a holes in the bottom of whatever it is. It'll help with the drainage. But B... Once the plant grows, if it sprouts, it gets about three, four, five inches tall. You got to transfer it to something bigger ASAP. Um, and then the same thing, you can transfer it to something about the size of a paint can until it hits about a foot tall. And then you need to put it into a, essentially its final home, which should be some people use like, and I say paint can, not paint bucket. Some people use paint buckets, like them big lows or like, I don't know, we use my Little League baseball coaches would always have big buckets that they would have, like, baseballs in. Like, them big – we all know, like, that bucket size from Home Depot, Lowe's, them big buckets. Like, some people use those. I, I mean, essentially, the bigger – the more room your your plant has to go down, the more room it can go up. So, if you want a big, healthy plant, having a big pot for it to give it to room is important. And like I said – um, 
you should really not transfer really probably more than like three times. And really, if you're if you're like essentially west of the Rockies, like in an arid place, like this isn't gonna work anywhere where it's humid. Because that's what I'm talking. I'm talking essentially about outdoor growing right now. But outdoor growing in a humid climate leads to mold and a host of other problems. So, you know, this may work. If you work, you live in a humid climate, this may work maybe like as a greenhouse technique or something like that. But um, what I'm talking about is essentially for California West Coast people, arid people with arid climates. Um, once it's big enough... Once it's big enough to where it needs out of its like paint can sized pot, once it's about a foot, foot and a half, definitely probably before it's two feet tall, you really should put it in the ground. And what you do is, and I said, this is not that complex. And a lot of people try all these complex things and buy all these artificial nutrients. And it's, it's all bad, man. You don't got to. You gotta make a 50-50 mix of organic plants, or like organic soil, like pot soil, and then with the natural soil from the environment that you're putting it into. You do a 50-50 mix. And you only need three things, and they're all organic, and they're not that expensive, and they're not bad for the environment, and they're not bad for your plants, and they're, it's all good. It's um, Fish emulsion, which smells like shit and is, is disgusting, but it's great for weed plants and really all plants, to be honest. Um, fish emulsion, bone meal, and bat guano. Those, That's all you need to grow super healthy, super legit cannabis plants outside in the dirt. Mix the soil 50-50 with those three things and some um, organic soil and just water it it's all you need you don't need a ridiculous setup now it does take some room and some hard work digging a hole you got to dig a hole like 18 inches wide and like three feet deep your neighbors might be thinking you're fucking burying a fucking wise guy but no you're just be burying your your baby uh not that not like that fucking cheerleader not that kind of your your your, your cannabis plant um but yeah, it might look a little sketch digging holes. Probably recommend doing it the daytime. Yeah, here digging this hole at two, three in the morning. Might the fucking FBI called on you. But yeah, it's like three feet deep, or really even deeper. Like the deeper you dig that hole, the the bigger your plant's gonna grow. But so the old school knowledge is that it's gonna grow twice as big, twice as tall as the roots can go deep. So if you have a three-foot hole, your plant could be expected to be up to six feet tall. Um, so, you know, if you don't want your neighbors seeing it or whatever, you know, dig your hole size accordingly. Double what the hole depth is is how tall the plant's going to be, approximately. You know what I'm saying? So ballpark it. But it needs to be a nice, big, deep hole. And um, And that's it, man. Like I, you can say a lot of people now I'm talking about if you just want to grow some butt for yourself. Now, if you're trying to sell butt to dispensaries and do it professionally, hey, you know, I'm sure there's probably more rules and strict protocols and shit you got to go by. But if you're just a dude trying to grow his own weed, 
Like, you know what I'm saying? For maybe you, maybe you and your buddies, whatever it is, whatever the case may be. Um, I mean, there's there's no need to buy all that equipment and, and all these chemicals and fake nutrients and all that. You just need fish emulsion, bone meal, and bat guano and some organic soil. That's it. And grow you some big, healthy, old school plants. And like I said, I highly recommend starting from a feminized seed that was actually purchased or like if you really know your shit. But I, you, I, it sucks because I have some seeds I still want to try and I'll probably try it again. But like I said, man, seeing that your biggest, healthiest plant turn out to be a male or a hermaphrodite, I've had it happen three times now. And it's just disappointing. It's a total buzzkill. It's so anticlimactic. Takes the wind out of your sails. And you got to just start all over. And then, like, every time you start over, you know, you're more behind in the grow season and shit. Um, so, yeah, you, you know, I highly recommend. And, you know, you should be looking to harvest your plants around October. So, like, you know, you plant them around March, April, depending on where you're at, you know. And then harvest them in October is, like, the classic, classic cycle. So, like I said, I'm not an expert. I'm not a professional, but if you're not an expert and if you're not a professional and you just want to fuck around and try to grow some halfway decent weed, but you know, you should, you should try this method out. Like I said, it's going to work better in an arid climate. If you're anywhere humid, you know, your plants are going to need additional protection from that humidity, but you know, you could still apply the, um, the bad guano and the fish emulsion, even in like an indoor setup, those are going to supply different nutrients at different times of the growth cycle and um and and, and those and you know they're, they're going to try to sell you like chemical alternatives when you don't need it now this shit is pretty gross it is it stinks it's nasty but plants like gross shit they like actual shit you know what i'm saying so you know, I you can wear. We all got face masks nowadays. You can put something over your face. You know, it, it is gonna stink. It's not pleasant to deal with, but it's a natural, pretty cheap way to grow legit cannabis. And I mean, like I said, whether it, like you're just trying to save money from buying so much cannabis, or you're just interested, it's essentially kind of like a hobby too. Um, or you just figure, what the fuck? I've always wanted to give it a try. And they're just gorgeous plants. It's so cool, like. It's like, you know, growing up in Oklahoma and starting out my smoking in Oklahoma, you know, you're so detached from it. I mean, because most of the weed they get out there, at least back in my day, where it was from Cali or from Colorado or from somewhere else. And mo most people wasn't growing weed in Oklahoma back before it was medical. And so you were so far away and you would get old weed, weed from last year's crop, shit like that. People, shit that the did, people in Cali didn't want, they would send west. And you're just so far removed. You didn't know the strain. You didn't know where it was grown. You didn't know how it was grown. And um, all you got, you know, is some sketchy plastic bag with some mediocre weed in it. And being out here in Cali, it's been so cool just being so much closer to the source. Like, just seeing actual cannabis growing. Like, and then 
it just becomes that much clearer. Because, like, when it's this finished product that you only see in a bag, and it's in the same little bag that Coke and meth gets sold in, and sold, you know, it's you're buying it on the black market from drug dealers, and it's real easy to look at as a substance, which that's what the federal government calls it, a controlled substance, which... But whenever you see it in plant form, you're like, that's a motherfucking plant. Especially me. Like, I have cannabis growing right next to my peppers, right next to my kale, right next to my squash. And it's all together, all in the same area. And it's like, what's different about this one? Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, hell, the only dangerous one is them goddamn peppers, man. Fucking torching people's assholes. But the that that weed plant is the least dangerous plant there. You know what I'm saying? And, and I, like, and it's just, I think that's part of how they brainwash people, like in the Midwest and in the South, to be so anti-cannabis. Because, like I said, whenever you see it bundled up and it's in the same drug bust as some coke, and it's being sold by the same guy that sells pills, it's so easy to demonize it. But if you literally see it. In somebody's backyard next to their tomatoes and next to their peppers and, and next to their flower bed. And you're like, wait, that... So all these other plants are cool, but that plant, people are in jail for it. And it just makes it so much more painfully obvious. Like, I mean, not that I needed it to be more painfully obvious. Like, not like I was on the fence. Like, I've been pro-cannabis for, you know, since 2010, since I was like 15. Um, but... You know, just my understanding of it and just its place in the world and its place in the natural order of things. And then, you know, and then you start learning that you're all of our bodies have an endocannabinoid system in our brain ready to accept this. Like our body was literally designed to accept cannabinoids. And you're just like, this shit was so criminal. And then you learn how J. Edgar Hoover, like, I believe, like, originally made it federally illegal so he could, like, deport and arrest Mexicans because a lot of the Mexicans in California were smoking it, like, way, way back in the day. And then, and then you know, the war on drugs, you know, how they've abused it and wasted all of our taxpayer dollars. Like, there ain't nothing wrong with it. And I'm so, so glad... Yeah, we're at a place now where we're all moving. We're moving past it, um, and and, I, and I'm I'm just you know grateful to be in a place like the birthplace of that movement, which is the Bay Area, and I'm excited to see it back home with my brothers and sisters in Oklahoma. Like, like I knew people that went to jail for seeds and roaches and stems and you know half grams and grams and joints, like nothing at all. People go to jail for it, and then and then they get you in the system, and then you fail a drug test, and you got to go back to jail. I know I have a homie, you know what I'm saying? He got arrested for like a gram, and then he ended up going to jail like three or four times for like different probation violations just because he got in the system over a gram of weed. And just, you know, and then just the way, you know, the war on drugs has unjustly, you know, targeted those unjust laws in communities of color all across the nation um, for decades. And, you know, there's, you know, bless the souls, you know, that rotted in the fucking can, you know, over something that I'm able to do on camera now. I don't, that's not lost on me. You know what I'm saying? When I'm able to, you know, 
smoke, smoke and talk about growing and, and post my plants online. You know, there's, there's people that paid the price for that, that are still paying the price for that. And so it's like, it's not that I, it's not that I take it lightly and, and, and you know, and, and I'm just trying to be goofy. And it's like, I'm, I'm like making a point. I'm like, and I hate this fucking word normalize, but I'm normalizing it. You know what I'm saying? I think Wiz Khalifa went a long way to normalize it. I think he was a big, big pioneer in normalizing people seeing weed. I think he was one of the first rappers to like grind up some weed and take a, a real bong hit in a music video. And just, I hate the word normalize, but I mainly hate it because it's so overused and misused. And, and, and the concept of like, why does something have to be normalized for you to do it? But when we're talking about people's freedom and actual legislation and persecution, you know, that's a good time to use the word normalize, not like normalize blue mascara, <laughs> OMG. No, like shut the fuck up. But like normalize, people normalizing cannabis can actually like save lives and help people and, um, you know, grant people their freedom. So, you know, that's a, that's an appropriate way to use the word. But, but yeah, I mean, so I just want to say like whether you're t growing food or growing cannabis, like we're all capable of, of doing it. Um, it doesn't take a lot of money. It doesn't take a lot of resources. It doesn't take a lot of space. It doesn't take much of anything at all. Um, it's not even that much work. Like some say, oh, it takes elbow grease. Like not really, like a few, barely, like some time. Yeah, not a lot, um, not a lot. If you consider that hard work, then you ain't ever worked hard, um, seriously, but. But yeah, every, I think if every American family, or not even family, single person, just every American, every, every, every citizen, if we just all grew like a couple plants, like whether it be a cannabis plant, whether it be a tomato plant, whether it be a squash plant, like just a few plants each, like I think that we could really, really kind of put a nice dent in that commercial farming and the fucked up supply chain and... Um, you know, all the harm that comes from that, the economic harm, the environmental harm, you know, um, the exploited workers, you know, um, and, and, you know, really think, oh, what about the people that work on commercial farms? Those are the hardest working motherfuckers ever. That, that fucking farm, farm shuts down. Those motherfuckers will have a new, better paying job that next day, that same day. Those, those people know how to get get shit done man and so i like, like it's not that i'm not worried about them it's like i'm worried about our planet and the, and they're gonna be just fine those people are survivors strong people back that's the real backbone of this country the farm workers um you know largely latino um farm workers you know shout out to y'all I'm, I'm the descendant of you know people that worked in these you know, Bay Area canneries and 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 in the in the agricultural industry back in the day. So, shout out to all the Latino farm workers. That's how I'm gonna end this. Um, and everybody, grow you a damn plant. It's dope. Eat you some healthy food that you grow. It's so satisfying to eat something that you grew. Grow a plant. Smoke something that you grew. You know, just. Be independent. Don't be dependent, whether that be, you know, on, on other people for food or this or that, you know, just take that step towards independence. And, and I think, I think you won't regret it. Like I said, I, I, I tried to think of downsides and I can't, but this was dreadful talk episode nine. Thanks so much to each and every person that tuned in. Thank you so much, guys. Um, subscribe to the YouTube, follow me on Instagram. 
like the Facebook page, you know, help your boy beef. Um, thanks for everybody supporting beefy boys, uh, breakdown as well. You know, both of these, you know, can't do this without y'all. Love you guys. Dreadful talk episode nine, grow you a plant.